everybody. Welcome to the latest edition of Volley. I'm Carolyn April, and as always, I am here looking for my good buddy, Seth Robinson. Seth. Hey, how you doing? Uh, hanging in there. Yeah. Hanging in there. Yeah. Well, that's good. So am I. You know, it's been a pretty quiet week here for us. Kids have been doing school, and we've just been working, and not much to report. I think we we kind of ran into that last week, I think on our team meeting, right? Where we kind of started off by saying like, how's everyone doing? What's new? And it's like, there's nothing new. (laughs) You know, it's, it's all going fine, but there's nothing new. Yeah. Staying in the house. And uh, well, as long as nobody's sick, that's the one thing I like to, you know, your family, I believe is healthy right now. Mine is as well. So that's good. And uh, from there, it's sort of um, static. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) There's not much else going on, you know? Uh, Well, there is some news in my daughter's life is that, that, you know, they canceled school for the rest of the the year uh, uh, yesterday. Mm. And she's a senior in high school. So that effectively ends her senior, (laughs) her her high school career. And uh, she's taking it in stride, but was a little bit, a little bit upset about that. And um, we still don't know about graduation, whether they're going to have a commencement ceremony or not. Uh, they'll do something, but right. uh, but I, I, it it won't be the it, it's the new normal new normal for this year. Yeah, I can I can imagine she's she's disappointed. You know, my kids haven't had anything quite that monumental. You know, get canceled on them. Um, but you know, they've got their own things, and yeah, they're they just kind of roll with it. Yes, Ought to be young. So for today's volley, we wanted to talk a little bit about uh, an area that CompTIA focuses on quite a bit uh, with its membership. Uh, A lot of our members are solution providers out there that help clients with their IT needs. Uh, And there's lots of different business models. We've talked about this before, but it's a really interesting time for a lot of these companies. It's interesting for a ton of companies because so many are just trying to survive, but it's different sector by sector. And we covered that a little bit with uh, Tim last time on the jobs report, but to dive in on what's happening in the IT channel, we wanted to bring in someone that really has his finger on the pulse here. So we are really happy to welcome MJ Shore. Uh, MJ is currently the executive director of the technology solution provider information sharing and analysis organization, which is kind of a mouthful, but uh, basically just a, a group of solution providers uh, that, that shares information, that uh, shares best practices, and has recently been absorbed by CompTIA. Prior to that, MJ was the chairman of the board for CompTIA, and prior to that, he owned his own MSP, which was then acquired, I think, a couple different times. Uh, so he's been through a lot of this and and he knows this space really well and we're excited to hear what he has to share with us so mj thanks for joining hey great to be here thanks for having me so excited to have you here fellow new hampshireite right yeah we're uh it's, it's nice nice to talk to somebody close to home even though we can't see each other <laughs> yeah it, it, it is it's a uh, social distancing but local distancing i guess we'll exactly so glad to hear that both of your families are healthy. That's the most important thing. Yeah. Hopefully the same for you as well. It is. Thank goodness. So far, so good. Oh, this, any stir craziness going on? Oh, plenty of that. There's, uh, there's no doubt there's stir craziness going on. I think, I think the latest, the latest iteration of that is where my son and I are going to 
going to build a deck in our backyard so that we can social distance a little more comfortably. We've got a, <laughs> we've got a nice backyard, but, but my wife has wanted a deck along the backside of the house for quite some time. So I think she's going to get her wish out of this. <laughs> oh, there you go. There you go. It's, I think there are two camps of people right now who are either like in the fetal position and not doing anything or doing silly things. And those who are doing on these, taking on these projects. So bravo to you. Yeah. I figure it's a relatively safe thing to do, though. Every time I pick up a power tool, my wife just says, I'm not taking you to the hospital. Right, so. right yeah. Bad bad time to be getting <laughs> uh, an amputation yes. or something. Exactly. <laughs> so, so, MJ, at a really high level, I, I think we've been trying to look at this for the past few weeks and understand what's happening with a lot of these companies. And um, I mentioned that we had Tim Herbert on last time talking through some of the job stuff. And, and we've seen some resiliency in the early stages of, of this with, mm-hmm. with the jobs. And, and I think as far as we've been able to see, that's translating into um, business models as well. That, that, you know, everyone's gone remote now. Companies still need their IT to be running. Uh, and, and so some companies that are responsible for keeping the IT running you know, are still able to, to kind of do okay. Uh, and then other companies, you know, might be specialized in a certain vertical that's really hurting, or they might have a different business model. And so it's definitely not the case for everyone. So, so what are you seeing out there? Yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting. You know, it's, ironically, you know, you, you kind of hate to, to look for silver linings in the midst of this, this crisis. Um, it, it, it feels almost a little disingenuous sometimes, but for, for those of us that are fortunate enough to work in the IT space, this is really IT's time to shine. You know, most of, of the MSPs that I've been talking with are weathering the storm okay. You know, some have had to cut back a little bit, but certainly those that have, um, you know, those that focus on the on the managed services model and have recurring contracts with their clients, they're the most stable through this as far as as far as that space of the industry is concerned. Because, you know, to your point, the core of the IT infrastructures for most businesses need to need to stay up and running and, and need to be available now more than ever because people aren't in the office and working how they traditionally work, they are now dispersed and working from their homes. So, you know, certainly over the last, you know, three to four weeks, there's been a real uptick in activity as, as a lot of solution providers have helped their clients pivot to a remote model of working and, and the vast majority have done so successfully. It's interesting. It, it, I keep hearing my mother in the back of my head with her famous, it's better to have a plan and not need it than need a plan and not have it. And I think you're seeing that timeless cliche play out in terms of the companies that have been able to successfully pivot to remote work and those that haven't. Because, for example, as we've known from research and, and, and other educational activities that, that we do under the CompTIA umbrella, we know that MSPs have been talking about business continuity plans to their clients for years, if not decades at this point. And those clients that have embraced that and put those plans together were certainly the ones that were able to make this pivot the most successfully and the most quickly those who said no we don't need that we don't need to worry about that we can put that off that's not pressing 
in some cases, they're struggling because of that, because they, they haven't adapted their infrastructures to be more nimble and able to support this, this radical change that really come upon us in such a short window of time. That's interesting. What I'm, I'd like to maybe pivot to a little bit, to use your verb there, is what about those businesses that are not able to move to a remote work situation, and how does that impact the solution provider MSP community that maybe served, you know, largely the restaurant industry. They served. I mean, the, right. These are tough times for those kinds of companies, and 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 so what are some of the things that the providers themselves may be able to do to stay afloat in the meantime? Um, I'm wondering if they're moving to consulting, uh, if they are seeking out new types of clients, if they're trying to hold on to those clients that may literally not be able to pay them right now. Uh, if it's a particular vertical, like I cited with restaurants, uh, it's, it, I think it's a, it's a challenge. And I know you, you consult with a lot of these MSPs who are having to deal with things like that. I'm curious yeah, what some of the advice might be. It, it is a challenge and certainly for the ones that are focused, like, you know, for example, there's one MSP that I know who is, solely focused on hospitality and, and hotels and restaurants. And so, you know, their business has been devastated, right? It's, it's pretty much just evaporated right out from under them because without, with very small exceptions, the majority of their clients have had to shutter. Now, interestingly, in the case of this one particular MSP I'm thinking of, they're also pretty forward thinking from the standpoint that um, they maintain some, some healthy cash reserves. And so interestingly, even though their business is almost entirely dried up, they have not let anyone go yet. They've kept everyone on payroll. They're taking advantage of the payroll protection program to keep people on payroll. They may wind up having to furlough some, but they're not going to let anyone go. They, they, may send, they may furlough and still pay them using those funds, but they're, they're able to, to sneak through this. I think that what you see is the more mature and healthier MSPs had the, had the, the foresight and the, the smart business acumen to keep money set aside for a rainy day to be very cliche about it and between that and and some of the government programs that are coming in to help businesses through they're able to keep themselves afloat even though the majority of their business may have dried up in those instances i'm seeing msps like that they're having their team spend a lot of time looking back internally you know you hear time and time again how msps will, will often say you know we're too busy to focus on this we're too busy to focus on that well they're not too busy now in some cases and so those organizations that are finding themselves with more time are definitely investing that time in training to, to skill up the staff they're they're looking at their documentation and their processes and going through and doing quality control checks and and maybe maybe redesigning some processes and looking for process improvement opportunities um you know the things that they're typically too busy to focus on now they may have the ability to really dig in on and and you know what there's never been a better time to do it because when this starts to settle down and 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 businesses start to emerge from this however that eventually happens, 
you know, I think most MSPs may be looking at a flood of work like they saw in the early days of shifting everything to remote. You know, now we're going to have companies that are going to be pulling remote people back into the office, some that may be keeping portions of their staff remote, you know, depending how this plays out. For example, if if some businesses are allowed to reopen but have to institute some fairly strict social distancing and protocols within the office to be able to safely do so, well, if you had a five or 10 person department that was in close quarters before, they may not be able to do that. And so maybe half of them will be able to work in the office and half will stay remote. You know, who knows? I think at the end of the day, I think anyone who makes really firm predictions about this is just taking up oxygen. You know, no one on this planet has lived through anything like this before. So we don't know how this is going to end. So we have to really be thinking outside the box and looking at our own, our own practices. And then from there, how do we help our clients? So I don't know if that directly answered your question, Carol. No, it, it, it totally does. I think one of the things that we learned coming out of the last big recession in 2008 and how companies recovered, you found that the companies in the channel that were able to stay afloat, they may not have made a lot of money, if any, but they, they treaded water and they were able then to recover and continue business as usual afterwards were the ones that were doing all of these fundamentals that you're talking about. You know, they, they, mm. they were, they were always up on process efficiency. They were, I mean, we talk about this, it's, it's wonky stuff, but it's, it's, it's very important as you know, and we've done many studies in the research team here on this, but you know, companies that were uh, mindful about cash flow, that were mindful about operational efficiency, that were saving for that rainy day, again, to, to use that cliche, those companies were able to, to get through it and, and, and you know, come out on the other side. Um, I mean, this is, a, this is a different type of crisis that we're having right now, and right. We, don't, we don't know how it's gonna play out, but I think this is, this is a message to companies out there to, um, even though it might not seem like an important thing for you to be doing in the given moment, but you, you should actually be taking the high view of how your company runs and all the fundamentals all the time because you never know when the floor is going to fall out. The other thing that I would add on to that, Carolyn, beyond the fundamentals is that we're at such an interesting inflection point for so many companies going through digital transformation. So like I've gotten a lot of questions about you know, what does emerging technology look like going through this time and coming out of it? And it sounds like a weird question on the surface because the the initial impression is that everything has become very tactical these days. You know, we're moving everyone to remote work. We're, we're keeping the lights on. You know, we're doing all those things. But I, I think that, MJ, you kind of, you know, pointed to it that people are going to come out of this and they're going to need to capitalize on some of the things that they've done. And a lot of that is going to be really an acceleration of digital transformation. Uh, and, and the companies that maybe were just up to their eyeballs in tactics coming through it, they're going to have to scramble, I think, to, to catch up to the companies that, that might have been able to put a little bit of, of forethought into it. So, you know, I, I think that it's really interesting what you talked about, MJ, that some companies that are in a slower time with their clients, but kind of doing okay financially are using this to invest in themselves. And I, mm -hmm. I think that part of that investment is in emerging technology and, and really grappling with 
what emerging technology means in terms of strategic business operations because I don't think we've been getting that right over the past few years and, and now is the time to really get clarity on it. Yeah, I, I, I think you're spot on, Seth. And, and you know, it's interesting. A couple of the, couple of the consistent, well, consistent might not be the right word, but certainly some emerging themes that seem to be developing through this are, are around the fact that most, I think most MSPs expect that their clients are going to emerge from this very differently than they went into it. And, mm-hmm. and I know that sounds kind of obvious, but what may not be as obvious is what they, what they really mean by that. And, and, and so, you know, I, I hear MSPs talking about, well, you know, my client has always struggled with hiring in their market. You know, they're in a pricey market and always, you know, the, the type of people that they need for their business are pretty expensive. And now that they've pivoted to a remote work model, I'm hearing them starting to talk about, hey, how easy would it be to extend this, you know, to literally have anybody anywhere in the country? Could I hire someone in a different market that has the skills I need and might be a more affordable employee for me to fill a need and be able to successfully manage that person and engage with that person and plug them into our company culture, you know, using some of the, the, the techniques that we've learned through this, you know, just, just very different types of conversations about the future of the business. Um, I've, I've heard anecdotally from many MSPs that, that multiple of their clients are talking about reducing their commercial footprint. Um, we don't need as much office space as we thought we needed. Um, now, that doesn't bode well for commercial landlords, potentially. That's a whole other you know, twist to this. But, but as it relates to the, you know, the types of businesses we're talking about, I think you're right. There's, there's tremendous opportunity from a digital transformation standpoint to help help organizations maintain culture and properly manage remote workforces and you know measuring efficiency and productivity differently than they traditionally have um, you know look and every major airline has said that they they will you know they haven't been at all passive about this um, whether it's delta united american on down the line they have been very forthright in saying we will come back as a smaller airline. Why? Because they see that there's likely to be a drop in business travel as a result of this experience. All these events that have moved to virtual, um, you know, again, that, that, that has some, some interesting strategic consequences. You know, if, if hotels and convention venues don't get the type of business that they were accustomed to having, what's going to happen in those industries. But certainly technology has shown us that we can maintain operations, we can maintain culture, we can maintain productivity and efficiency without necessarily having the same type of face-to-face work environments that we're accustomed to. And again, that touches on a whole lot of topics that, that go beyond what we're talking oh, about no. today. Yeah, this is this is we could talk about this all day. I mean, I I truly yeah. believe, I truly believe that this this uh, virus crisis is going to change the world of work. It's going it, it yeah. just is fundamentally going to change the world of work. And um, I've worked from home. I've been a remote worker for 22 years, 
exclusively. Mm-hmm. I, I've, I've not been in an office for 22 years and I've been working a full-time job at companies. And, uh, and so I think once companies come to realize that they can get a lot done with workers who are, are at home, um, I think some of the things you said there, MJ, are going to actually happen. I think there yeah. will be some rethinking of, you know, major headquarters and, 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 and you know, there are always going to be people that need to be centralized in an office somewhere. There are just certain functions and jobs that, 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 that cannot yeah. be done at home. But I t- I do think, and, and, and with respect to the, 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 the travel uh, part of it, I think that's, you're right. I think that's going to change quite a bit um, for good or bad. There are going to be winners and losers, as you mentioned, right. in, in that right. situation, um, unfortunately, for, the, for those who lose. But it, it, it's definitely going to change the work dynamic, and it's going to change the way that we uh, interact with one another. And, you know, I, I think that there's there's some hope there that that with some types of industries that those those um, those work environments may actually emerge safer from this. You know, I think of manufacturing, for example, um, and, and you know, some manufacturing has some some dangerous elements to it. Right. I mean, I don't think any of us know a manufacturer that doesn't have a safety program for, you know, a very my, dad, my, my dad ran a sheet metal, was the CEO of a sheet metal company for, uh, there you go. For his entire life. He had people with all kinds of, uh, industrial accidents. So I'm well aware. Yeah. I remember my dad's business. He, he was in chemical coatings and everything was explosion proof. I mean, I, I learned about explosion proof <laughs> thermostats and, and telephones back in the day because they used to make a spark to generate the, you know, the tones and whatnot. Um, not the tones, but the ringers. Uh, but at any rate, you know, I, but I think there's I think there's some interesting opportunity here because, you know, now you can take. Um, you know, I'm, I'm thinking of a client that I used to work with years ago that, that had, you know, their front office and their manufacturing and, you know, they could actually reduce their front office space and expand their manufacturing space to make a safer manufacturing environment by having, you know, larger, you know, more square footage associated to the manufacturing um, to allow for, for the right safety protocols that need to be in place. There's, there are just all kinds of ways this could play out that I think, you know, we haven't traditionally thought about. And, you know, those who are able to, you know, perhaps think outside the box and be a little more creative, maybe the ones that will emerge from this healthier, you know, who knows, you know, time will tell, history will be, will be our, our, our true gauge there. But there's no question that from a technology standpoint, um, you know, as I said, as, as I said at the beginning, you know, tech is really shining in many areas here, keeping businesses going, it, you know, doesn't apply to every business for sure. But, you know, even looking at the restaurant industry that's been so devastated, the vast majority of restaurants that certainly if they have the capability, they've pivoted to getting their menus online and, and refining their menus to, to deliver the types of foods that are most appropriate for pickup and they're doing curbside pickup or free delivery. And, you know, there's a lot of ingenuity happening. I'm even seeing it with some, you know, what I would call Main Street USA brick and mortar stores. You know, they've, they've quickly found ways to make their products and or services available online so that people can order them and, you know, get them where they need them or pick them up at curbside. 
you know, it's, it's, that's all going to be more temporary than permanent, I think, but it certainly bodes well for, you know, if you've got elderly populations or, or populations that do have higher health risk, I hope that a lot of these places continue to offer the curbside option mm-hmm. because maybe it is too difficult to even, you know, pull up to a handicapped spot and get inside to pick up whatever you're after. You know, I, I hope that some of these, these things will remain for good reason in the long term. Very well said. Yeah, so so thinking about, you know, this blend of tactics and strategy and, and doing what needs to be done now versus getting ready for the future, what would you say are are two or three top trends that that MSPs should be thinking about as they're as they're imagining their clients coming out and looking different and wanting something different? I I, I feel like there's maybe a, a few things that we've been talking about for a long time. That, that maybe are becoming even more important uh, and, and need to be um, integrated more into business plans than they have been in the past. Yeah, so that there, there, are a couple, there, there are a couple things that, that jump right to the forefront there, Seth, and, and you're right, they're things we've been talking about for a long time, but I think we're finally, you know, this has been a little bit of that wake up call that may actually see some real change happen as a result. And so, you know, the obvious one has to do with remote workers. I mean, there are just, there are so many companies that have pivoted to that remote workforce very quickly and in a way that, you know, look, they had to do it. But, um, you know, I think there's a huge opportunity for MSPs to design a solution for companies to keep some or all of their remote workforce in that remote mode, but to do so smartly and safely. Um, you know, we I don't even want to guess how many people are working from home right now on a home computer that has BitTorrent software and key loggers installed <laughs> and God knows what other kind of mischief. Just don't even want to go there. <laughs> but, you know, out of necessity, some of these things have happened. And MSPs, to their credit, have come to the table with some very creative solutions to try and keep those organizations safe, even though they're not really doing this as safely as we would like to see them do it. So for those that are going to keep some or all of their workforce at home, I think there's just an absolute opportunity for the MSP to come to the table with some very creative solutions to cost effectively allow companies to put the right tools in the hands of these remote workers, even right down to the actual computer. I think, you know, a lot of companies have shied away from enabling remote workforces because they feel like, well, great, now I've got to double invest. I have to have a workstation at the office and now a workstation at home. And that doubles, you know, doubles my costs um, at a very simplistic level. Well, you know what? There are some very inexpensive ways that you can deploy a company owned and managed computing asset into someone's home so that they're not using the kid's computer or their spouse's <laughs> computer to work from home. They're using something that's owned and managed properly by the company and is secure to enable them to do the work that they need to do. I think, you know, without getting into details, I think that there are some very, very straightforward solution designs that can be brought to the table that will make this very attractive for for companies coming out of this and i think we want to be we meaning the industry 
wants to be in a leading, not a following position there. We want to proactively go out and say, hey, if this has actually worked for you and you want to keep, you know, more of your workforce remote, here's how we're going to help you do that. That's at a very tactical, you know, bits and bytes level, shall we say. Collaboration then is just this massive area of opportunity to help with that because you know we've seen the we've seen the wild adoption of of zoom and slack and teams and what have you well there is a tremendous opportunity for msps to help clients leverage that even more than they are now right now most are probably doing it at a very basic level you know instant message communication you know video meetings but you know, as we know, there is so much more that can be done. And these systems all interface now in ways that you can be wildly productive. I mean, we're doing that, you know, Compia is an interesting, um, an interesting case study in and of itself, right? Comptia has a portion of its workforce that is remote, always has been, has multiple offices around the world and has one of the best cultures I've ever seen in an organization. So there's a lot of lessons learned that that CompTIA as a, as you know the industry trade association can help our members with in terms of you know what's been done internally even and not to mention all the other you know case studies that are out there but you know, even just looking at that, you know, the 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 ISAL project that I'm working on that you mentioned earlier, the information sharing and analysis organization, we are driving that 100% remotely. I'm collaborating with with you know some people who are normally based at, at headquarters in the greater Chicago area. I'm working with people that are all around the country, um, even the world for that matter, and and we're leveraging collaboration tools and sharing information and data to, to move this project ahead. And, and, you know, there again, you know, that, that right there is a case study and MSPs have clients that are doing this well. In many cases, MSPs are doing it very well. They're having daily huddles and check-ins over Teams meetings. They're doing a virtual happy hour on a Wednesday afternoon, just to break the, you know, break the, the, um, the schedule up and, and inject a little fun and levity. There are virtual poker games going on <laughs> between, <laughs> between organizations. You know, while, while that's, you know, kind of the, the, the fun and silly side of it, my point is you can really expand the productivity of an organization with some of these tools and we're seeing it happen and we're seeing it happen in an, in a, more of a reactionary and uncoordinated way, imagine the opportunity that that MSPs have to go and help their clients do this thoughtfully. I mean, I, I think it's almost limitless. And then, you know, the other big thing that comes to mind, of course, is just the whole cybersecurity side of this. And so, you know, with the ISAO being near and dear to my heart, you know, the whole reason CompTIA has taken on that initiative is to help the MSP community be more resilient and more secure. So, you know, we are going to be helping to funnel through all the noise and get to the real actionable threats that MSPs need to worry about, not just for themselves, but for their clients. And given that MSPs service 
the SMB, you know, piece of our economy, that is just a huge area of influence that we can affect positive change. And with all this remote working going on and all of this, you know, collaboration taking place online, you know, the cybersecurity situation is more important than ever. I, I just wish we had we had been ahead of this, but nobody saw this coming as quickly as it came. But we are very, very focused on making sure that MSPs have the real-time intelligence that they need to keep themselves and their clients safe, which is going to be even more important now because if you've, you know, unless you've had your head in the sand, you've seen that sadly with this pandemic crisis, the rise of cybersecurity threats has just exploded around that. Everybody's trying to take advantage and trick people with COVID-19 scams, whether it's paying for tests that aren't real tests or extorting money or, or grabbing credentials to, to do identity theft, you know, the bad guys see this as a massive opportunity. And so we as an industry just need to continue to respond even more aggressively, which is what we're doing. Those are great insights, uh, MJ. And uh, I agree with you on the security, especially. And uh, it's uh, it's sort of um, it's sort of depressing. I mean, it's an opportunity for our folks in the industry to up their game and security into their businesses. Um, but it's it, but it's sad that they have to in some ways. So right. Um, yeah. But, uh, but it's been a pleasure having you on today, and we really appreciate your insights. We know that we will be talking to you plenty because of our, uh, <laughs> uh, our relationship with CompTIA, and we'd be interested to have you back and, and, and chat a little bit more, hopefully in happier times. Um, well, thanks. I'd love that. This has been yeah. fun. <laughs> that would be great. And I wanted one thing to say on a personal note. My daughter is going to go to UNH in the fall. And I know All right, that, another wildcat. I yeah, love it. another wildcat. So she's her she's her senior year is ruined. You know the end of it, but she's accepted to oh, UNH, yeah. and that's where she decided to go. So she'll be. Uh, oh, good for her. Yeah. So I figured you'd well, like to hear that. If, if you ever want to go to a hockey game, when we get back to that, just let me know. I I, <laughs> I got tickets. <laughs> Perfect. She. Yeah, we'd love yeah. that. So again, thanks oh, for having us awesome. on. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for oh, joining thanks us. Thanks so much. Yeah, great to hear from you and uh, definitely looking forward to seeing both of you when the opportunity presents itself. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Same here. <laughs> yep. It's All great right, talking well, with you both. Thanks again. Yep, yep. Take care, everyone. Stay healthy.